Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of Acts, chapter 21. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles uh, this morning to the book of Acts, chapter 21. The book of Acts chapter 21, and give me an amen once you are there. And Father, we thank you again this morning for your goodness in our life. You are the one true living God. There are no other gods but you. You're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You made the stars and the moon, the sun, the earth, and all the living creatures. And Lord, you have brought us here today to study your word, to hear about you, And Lord, we pray for those who don't know you that they would today. That they would recognize just how loving you are. And that they would recognize that you are calling them, as you've called all of us, to repentance and salvation through your son Jesus. So Lord, do a work of your spirit. Bless your word. Guide us, Holy Spirit, into your truths. Lord, I can do nothing without you. So guide, I pray, may it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. And so in Acts 21, Paul the Apostle is coming to the end of his third missionary journey. Paul was a bad man before he came to know the Lord, as you know, for those of you who are Bible students. Paul's original name was Saul, but the Lord changed his name to Paul. And Saul was a religious Pharisee, a a member of the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, brought up in the religious traditions of the Jews. And he had the wrong zealousness for God. He had a zealousness against the gospel. He felt that Christianity was against Judaism, against uh, all that he grew up to be. He did not believe in Jesus Christ. And as you know, on his way to Damascus to arrest more Christians, and mind you, he participated in the death of Christians. He persecuted the Christians. But on his way uh, to Damascus to arrest more, the Lord got a hold of his heart on that road to Damascus. As you know, he was knocked down off of his horse and a bright light shone upon him and he could not see but could only hear and Jesus said to him Saul Saul why are you persecuting me and Saul said Lord who are you and what do you want me to do and he said I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting and then Paul said who what do you want me to do and ever since then Paul was a changed man Jesus changed his life as Jesus changed our lives and and that's the key to Christianity it's about us and the Lord our faith in Christ changes us and so in our story he has already gone on his first and second missionary journeys all over Greece modern-day Greece all over uh, modern-day Syria Lebanon Cyprus and now on his third journey he went all through Asia uh, Ephesus and he had spent three years there But now he's trying to get back to Jerusalem quickly, and he's hoping to get there by the day of Pentecost. And so he's he's not wanting long goodbyes, he's just 
making his way from Macedonia to Asia, down the coast. He wants to get to Jerusalem. Paul's heart is to, uh, has always been to minister to his people according to the flesh. He was Jewish, and he really wanted the Jewish people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He really did. But yet the Lord, even though he was you would think perfectly qualified to minister to the Jews because he knew the law, he knew the the rituals and the traditions, and he kept them. God said, no, Paul, you will be the apostle to the Gentiles, and actually Peter would be the the apostle to the Jews. But nonetheless, everywhere Paul went, whether he was in a Gentile area or not, he always went to the synagogue first, almost as to say, yeah, Lord, I know that uh, you called me to the Gentiles, but I'm going to give it a shot every time. So he would hit the synagogues because he loved them so much. And so we don't know why exactly he's going to Jerusalem, but we, we can assume that he's wanting to, to preach there to his people. And that's the headquarters of Judaism. And Paul is not sure what's going to take place there, but he did acknowledge that the Holy Spirit has been testifying in every city that chains and tribulations await him there. Can you imagine that? If God put it on your heart to go somewhere, which I feel God is leading them to Jerusalem, but can you imagine if God put it on your heart to do something for him and then said to you that chains and tribulations await you? I wonder how many of us would go and say, all right, Lord, I'm gone, I'm going. But Paul was all in with the Lord. And that's really what, what I'm naming this study today. Willing to go all in willing to go all in Paul the apostle was willing to go all in because he was in his own heart and own mind he understood the depth of sin that Christ forgave him for he, he was not pharisaical anymore concerning his self-righteousness he understood that he was a sinner in fact Paul said I am the chief of sinners because I persecuted the church I'm the chief Out of all the bad people in the world, Paul says, I'm the worst. Wow. Isn't that heavy? He was close to God. The closer we get to God, the more we acknowledge that, my goodness, I'm the worst. The closer and the more mature you are in Christ, the more you recognize that you're a sinner, a bad one at that. Makes us love the Lord and be grateful and to be grateful for his blood. Paul said to this promise of chains he said none of these things move me nor do i count my life dear to myself so that i may finish my race with joy and the ministry which i received from the lord jesus to testify to the gospel to the gospel of the grace of god so paul was not moved he wasn't going to quit he wasn't going to back out he wasn't going to rank out even though the lord was telling them everywhere he went people are saying you know you're it's going to be bad for you in jerusalem Paul was determined. We all know of the passion of our Lord. Wasn't Jesus determined? Right? They call it the passion of the Christ. What, is, what do you mean the passion? Jesus had such a love and a passion for us sinners that he was willing to be brutalized, tortured, hung on the cross for our sins. Not his own. He was sinless. He had a passion for you. And the only thing he asks of you is for your heart. Paul gave him his heart. And we're reading basically about the passion of Paul. 
as we can read about the passion of our Lord. Paul's willing to go. Willing to go through anything for the Lord. I'll go through a brick wall for the Lord. I'll give up anything for the Lord. Is that our heart? I pray it is. Lord, help us to be that determined. We need to pray for that kind of resolve. That resolve doesn't come just by accepting the Lord one day and then going about your own business and living your own life. Oh, no. On the contrary, look at the life of our Lord. He prayed daily to the Father. He was connected to the Father. So as Christians, you can say you're a Christian all day, and so can I. But if we're not connected to Jesus, abiding in him, intimate with him every day, there's no way we're going to be bold. There's no way. It just doesn't happen. It's like saying you need gas when you're never going to drive your car. You really don't need gas. You're not going to drive your car. So the boldness, the power, the determination that God the Holy Spirit gives to believers, it's to the ones that are abiding in Christ saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And we'll do anything. That's where it comes from, to go to a quiet place to pray. And if you're a Christian, you're just like, or if you think you're a Christian, you're saying like, yeah, no, I'm not going to go and pray daily. You need to test yourself. You probably may not be a Christian. Whew, that's, that's, right? But Paul says, examine yourself whether or not you're in the faith. I'm the pastor of the church and I examine myself whether I'm in the faith or not. It goes to all of us. And Jesus would say, you have not because you ask not. You're not praying because you don't feel like it. I get that. You're human. But pray that you would feel like it and go do it. He was a determined man. Nothing was going to stop him. Another thing that was leading him to Jerusalem was that he was carrying a financial gift from the Gentile churches that he got in Asia and that he got in Greece and a lot of money to the church in Jerusalem, the Jewish church in Jerusalem. Because they were, they were poor, there was a famine, uh, there was, they just needed money. And so Paul was taking that to them because his heart was to unify Jewish believers in Christ and Gentile believers in Christ. That's the church. The church is a, supposed to be a, a soup pot of all cultures and all colors who love Jesus Christ. And so part of the way that he was encouraging that unity was delivering from the Gentiles. Man, you Jews used to hate the Gentiles. And look at what they're blessing you with now because Jesus changes everything. And that's really what the world needs. They talk about unity. They talk about all of this craziness that's going on right now. The only thing that can unite people is Jesus Christ. Because the world can pretend to have unity, but it isn't a true unity. Because inside their hearts are not regenerated. And they're sinners in need of repentance. And then God, he tests the hearts. He checks the inner thoughts of man and women. And he says, oh, if you even have hatred for your brother, you can be in danger of murder. What? He goes in. Society cannot go in. They just say, you know, we are the world. Unite. Be nice. And everyone says, yeah, sure, we're nice. No, nobody's nice. Only God is nice. And only he can help us love the right way. Not just in, not just in speech. Not just in speech, but in heart. You see, Christians look in their hearts and they say, Lord, I, I lack love. Help me to love my, my fellow man. 
The world doesn't do that. The world does not ask God for that kind of help. The world says, I can do it, I can do it. Yeah, right, look at the world, it's burning. At this point in time, Paul has already written the letters to the Galatian church. First and second Thessalonians, first and second Corinthians, the book of Romans. These have already been written. These are the books in your New Testament, these letters. He's already written so much doctrine to the church at this point in time. And so we begin in verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass that when we had departed from them and set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kos uh, the following day to Rhodes, and from there to Patara. Now, mind you, they're in Maltus, which is 30 miles south of Ephesus, and they're going down these coastal towns, which each one takes a day. But it's interesting that it says here, that when we had departed from them, speaking of the Ephesian elders that we talked about last week, Paul was saying goodbye to the Ephesian elders. He had spent three years with the Ephesians. He had given his, his life to them. He had, he had given his time, his energy. He preached to them. He taught them. They built such close relationships that they literally like fell on his neck and were kissing him. And in the King James Version, it says... It has a better translation. It says, when we were gotten from them. When we were gotten from them. I know the English doesn't sound right, but that's old school. That's legit. And it speaks of it was hard for both of them to leave each other there at Maltus. It was super hard for the Ephesian elders to let Paul go because they knew that they would not see his face anymore. You really have to be a believer in Christ. To understand the depth of gratitude that you can have for those who have helped you in your spiritual walk. If you love God, you are going to love those who have poured into you. And that's why it was so hard for them to say goodbye, as the saying goes. When we were gotten from them, it means like it was hard to separate and say goodbye I think about our early days and the guys and the sisters who are no longer with us. I think of people like John Miles, of Uncle Fred, of Brian Harms. These are guys who were with us in the early days when it wasn't like chic to go to Hammerling Elementary School and it wasn't like, oh, this is a church. Where's the church? Yeah, we have to rent a place because like we don't have, yeah, we don't have a building. Very humble beginnings. But those guys were there and they, they sweat with us in the work. They, they were there when nobody was there. They encouraged us with their words. And these were guys from crazy backgrounds, just like the guys in the Bible. I mean, John Miles was from a cult. He was, he was out of the Jim Jones cult from the 70s in Frisco. His aunt had died in Guam or wherever. What did he? Guiana. As part of the whole suicide thing. And I remember meeting him. I said, bro, you went from Jim Jones to Ryan Hussein? But he was such a soldier for Christ. He woke up at four in the morning every day to pray Brian Harms he was such a servant he would do anything he, he would war, wear himself down for the Lord and then Uncle Fred he was a Vietnam vet 
who, you know, no doubt had uh, PTSD, was uh, the sweetest childlike brother. He was so encouraging. He left me a message. He said, Pastor Ryan, I'm just praying for you and Clarissa that one day you'd be on the radio and one day that she would have an album. And at the time I thought, seriously, I thought, aw, sweet Uncle Fred. He means well, but he just doesn't know that you just can't get on the radio. The guys on K-Wave have been on there for 20 years. It's just not going to happen. Clarissa gets an is her album's gonna is being produced right now. We're going to Tennessee in July. They signed her. We didn't look for them. And then the same with the radio station. They came and hooked us up. Praise the Lord. So like Paul, it being hard. For them to say goodbye, I understand it. It's bittersweet. Even though we're going to see them again, it's terribly sad. Terribly sad. And so that's how it was. There are more memories to be made, you know. You can, I can, be a part of being super close to one another. Doing the work together. And you're closest to those that you do the work with. That's why we always encourage people, do something as far as serving the Lord. Do something. Show up early, pick up trash, you know. Water the dead spots or something, you know. Shoe off dogs who want to use our our grass as a restroom. Help with the kids. You know, they're anything. You know, we need a prayer group before church. Hello. But that's how close it gets these bonds even closer than family bonds at times and you have to know the lord to understand that our relationship is deep because it's spiritual it's deep because jesus puts it together and i was from a gang and it wasn't deep the way it is now in the lord and so after that, they went from, from Malta to Kos, Kos to Rhodes, and from there to Patara. Those were day trips, and they would stop all the time because they were day, day-long journeys. And finding a ship, in verse 2, sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. And so they found a larger boat, a ship that was not going to go stopping every day but it's going to take them all the way down to phoenicia which is uh, uh, modern day lebanon verse three when we had sighted cyprus we passed it on the left sailed to syria and landed in tyre for there the ship was to unload her cargo and finding disciples we stayed there seven days And so they landed in Tyre, and the ship was so big that it would take a week to unload that ship. And finding some disciples there in Tyre, they stood there for a week. What's interesting is that Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, mentions that they passed the island of Cyprus. They didn't stop there, but they only saw it passing on the left side of the ship. They they were able to look at it, and well, there's Cyprus. And Cyprus was the place where Paul originally had gone on his first missionary journey. Remember that? Book of Acts, remember that? In the earlier chapters, he went there with Barnabas, remember? And Barnabas was from the island of Cyprus. 
One day I hope we get to visit Cyprus. I would love to go to Cyprus, off the coast there of uh, Lebanon. But anyhow, you can just imagine the memories that Paul had of Cyprus. When he was there, he preached to the proconsul, the Roman governor of Cyprus. He preached to him, and we're told in the book of Acts that that proconsul came to faith in Jesus Christ. And can you imagine passing that island thinking, man, I wonder how the churches are doing on that island. I mean, when he preached, the Roman governor believed. So, just a thought. I'm sure he thought of it. What else do you do on a boat when you're looking at an island, right? But to think. And again, memories can be made today in your life. We are still alive. There are opportunities to serve the Lord everywhere. In fact, our short-term mission trips are just that. They're opportunities to take a step of faith, to go into a third world country where you will be just as safe as you are right here. Because when you serve the Lord, he will preserve you just as well there as he does here. Many a times I look to Paul's example when I've traveled in the past. So I hate flying. I mean, I don't mind flying. Hey, let's go fly. Let's go somewhere. But when it's turbulence, man, I, I'm, I'm like you. I think I, I'm, not the, I'm not the guy to say, oh, everything's in, I'm in God's hands. I'm fine. No, I'm the guy who's questioning, oh, my gosh, Lord, why did I, am I testing you? Why did I come on this plane? <laughs> so I'm not too much of a tough guy when there's turbulence on the plane. And I have been on flights, oh, one in particular, that was so bad that the stewardess yelled, go get your wife, she's in the restroom. (laughs) And when a stewardess yells that way, you know, this isn't good at all. But I think of Paul on that ship all over the Mediterranean. He was shipwrecked a couple times, bitten by poisonous snakes. Look at our life, we have a clear head about ourselves. Our lives are in the Lord's hands, we can travel without worry. If God's in it, don't worry about it. But anyhow, when we went back to Mexico, it had been eight years since I was there last, Mano de Mexico, for our mission trip. And I was thinking back at all that God had done in the previous visits years ago. I literally hooked up with Clarissa on that mission trip. We realized like we were meant for each other. So, I, I mean, I can't go over there without thinking about that. You know what I mean? And, and there are memories that God wants us to make while we're still here because there ain't no visiting Cyprus when we're in heaven and there is no going to Maniadero when we're in heaven. We have an opportunity still to make memories for the Lord. Like Paul. And then there's Tyre. Oh, Tyre. Tyre is that Phoenician city where the Lord had indeed visited it, but did not preach there. It's not recorded that Jesus preached there, but Tyre, where Paul and his companions landed, Jesus had been there. Isn't that fascinating? You know, we often forget that Jesus was in Lebanon. Crazy. I was watching some cooking travel show, and the the guy was in Lebanon. There's a whole area where they say, yeah, this is where the Lord was. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he was up there. So he was up there. And you know the story, Matthew 15 and Mark 7, where it records there was a 
a, a woman, a Canaanite woman, whose daughter was demon-possessed. She was Greek, Matthew tells us, and she was uh, of Tyre, guys, and she knew that Jesus was there. And we're told that Jesus tried to keep it on the down low and just went into a house and was hanging out. And she came screaming, Jesus, son of David, help me. My daughter is demon possessed. And the disciples tried to shoo her away. And Jesus said to, to her, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she responded to him, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Or he said to her, and she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the mas their master's table. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapman. Bye.